Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Oh, hello, loves. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. My favorite part of the day I get to spend with you. Okay, my second favorite part of the day. My first favorite part of the day is the time I get to spend with Patron. But that's after the show, usually. Anyway, it's uh, that's actually, I'm just being silly. Of course you're my favorite part of the day. I mean, why wouldn't you be my favorite part of the day? Uh, so anyway, welcome to the program. Uh, nine minutes after two at News Radio 930 WBEN. I... Uh, I, I, I hate to come with you, uh, come at you with this so early, but uh, I experienced a bit of a personal tragedy last night, and I wasn't going to mention this on the air, but um, and I'm I'm sorry if I'm getting emotional on you, but uh, in order for me to sleep, <clears throat> I put a heating pad in the microwave, and after four months. I put it in the microwave, and the heating pad blew up all over the microwave. I had these little beads everywhere. It was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And uh, you got to be, if you're a fan of uh, microwavable heating uh, things, they're great, but they don't last all that long. And that feeling of looking in the microwave and seeing hundreds, if not thousands, of little heatable beads in there. Are you kidding me? So, yes, it was a bit of a, it was a, bit of a tragedy for me. But you have to admit, you, I had you going there a minute ago, right? You thought I was really breaking down? You did, right? Okay, good. That, that's called acting. Anyway, and thank you, Frank Rossi. Um, anyway, uh, welcome. It is uh, TB on News Radio 930 WBEN, sometimes called by my friends T, which makes me feel kind of like Tony Soprano, which is kind of cool. But uh, anyway, you, you know, speaking of Tony Soprano and James Gandolfini, uh, my friend Jeff Bucciarelli at Gabe's Collision, um, I was at his place yesterday because uh, I got, well, I got screwed. Well, my tire ran over a screw is the operative and true account of that. So I'm sitting there in Jeff's waiting room. I went to high school with Jeff. I've known Jeff for ages. And and I'm also good friends with Frank Todaro, uh, who has another collision shop. So uh, I'm looking at Jeff's pictures, and I'll be damned if he doesn't have a picture signed by the leading members of the cast of The Godfather and not only that, he's got a picture of himself and James Gandolfini. Like, Jeff, I, I, we need to start hanging out more. But I don't know, a lot of people know Jeff, know what a great guy he is, and uh, I will come clean on this. 
Um, he gave me a courtesy on fixing the tire, okay? So that has nothing to do with the fact that I'm talking about him because I've talked about him before because I went to school with the dude. But I believe in being honest with you and open with you because my goal, and I have succeeded in this for over 40 years, is to avoid even the appearance of impropriety, okay? Because I can't, you know what? My personal life is my personal life, and you might not like it, and I don't really care. My professional life, I'll defend that until the day I die. But anyway, uh, I want to talk about something that uh, has been on my mind since a call late yesterday. And this this is a topic that I've never done before. And to be very honest with you, I've never thought of doing it before. And, you know, serendipity... You like that word, serendipity? It sounds so romantic, doesn't it? Hey, babe, you want to go over and enjoy some serendipity with me on the couch? Not the bed? No, 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 the couch. Uh, so anyway, <clears throat> uh, serendipity. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, serendipity is such a beautiful sounding word, isn't it? But anyway, uh, yesterday I uh, went to lunch and I ended up talking with a local fella who is uh, one of these guys that I really like. Um, And I don't do business with these people at all because I don't have to do business with them. Not that I wouldn't do business with them, but I have no connection financially uh, in any way, shape, or form. I've never gone to them for service, and I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm just saying I I just don't. But uh, the guy who is in charge over at uh, Hedig's Collision, uh, Mill, Mill Street off of Maine, Uh, we got into a bit of a uh, conversation. And without going into too many details, um, he was wearing an eye patch. And I looked at him and I said, let me guess, detached retina? And he said, yep. And it turns out we share the same retinal surgeon, and he loves the guy as much as I do. And we we had a wonderful conversation, and he's very happy with uh, his results, as I am with mine. Uh, And and this this is all going somewhere, okay? Okay. Back a couple of years ago, for those who are new to the program, first of all, welcome. Good to have you with us. I would kiss you all and hug you all, but uh, you don't want this cold. It's not the worst cold I've ever had, but it's one of the worst I've had since I was a kid, and it won't go away. And I got it from my wife, and I'm pretty sure she got it from her granddaughter. But I don't want to. I don't want to name names here. I don't want to cast blame or aspersions. But uh, anyway, a couple of years ago. Uh, This is absolutely true. Uh, Went to a joint on Genesee Street, uh, and again, I don't get anything free there. Uh, 33 Speakeasy. A few years ago, I went there uh, with uh, somebody, and from the time we walked from the parking lot and sat down at the table, my right retina totally detached. And I've told this story before on the air, but I announced at the table after realizing something was wrong, dreadfully wrong with the right eye, I announced to the 12 people I was with, I said, you guys are never going to believe this. My right retina just detached. And there were people at the table. uh, One of them, by the way, was an RN, but she did not mock me. Um, Everybody was like, dude, how can you possibly know that your retina just detached? And I said, look, I know it. 
because there was shading along the periphery and the central field of vision had gone down by about two diopters. Um, when I explained that at the hospital, they all asked if I was a doctor, and I, I, I wanted to say yes just to see if I'd get better treatment, but the treatment was just fine. So uh, anyway, I go to the hospital, uh, and they call in, and I'm going to name him because I've got, again, I've got no relationship with this guy. There's nothing going on under the table or anything like that, and I take full responsibility for everything I say on the air. Uh, his name is uh, David Rodman. And uh, David is not exactly in his 20s, I'll say it that way. But that man, I, I wrote him a thank you note because he came in late at night as an ophthalmologist and he gave me the full exam. It took about 15 minutes. He was very comprehensive. He said, Mr. Bowerly, you're correct. Your retina has detached. And he gave me the name of the surgeon that I used. And the good news is I had a happy ending, which I... Have never gotten in a hospital before, but um, in a hospital would be the operative expression. But the uh, the long story short is that I am really happy to tell you that there was a time. And again, I don't want thoughts and prayers or any of that nonsense. Okay, I don't I don't need it. Don't want it. Uh, I appreciate thoughts. Okay, I'll say that much. But. Um, there was a time where there was a great deal of concern that I was going to basically lose my right eye. It would still be in the head, but it would be basically useless because it was not very functional. In fact, it wasn't functional at all. Uh, so I had the surgery, and if you've ever had a detached retina, what do you ask the surgeon before surgery? So, uh, Doc. After the surgery, what do you think the uh, vision is going to return? A and they wouldn't really give me an answer. And they basically said, um, don't get your hopes up. We're going to do our best, but don't get your hopes up. And here we are like two years out, and I will tell you that my uh, detached retina right eye is 2025, which is a result not even the most optimistic surgeon could have predicted. Now... Uh, and they had to do several operations. They had to go in and remove some scar tissue, a very fine microsurgical procedure. And uh, don't worry, because you got to understand something about me. Um, uh, at that point, I think it was 25 surgeries in five years or four years. There's nothing that a doctor can do to me that I haven't had done before. I'm convinced. I've ripped wires out of my own body, so I'm I can deal with anything. Uh, but anyway, long story short, um, the idea of losing vision, you know, it is something that we don't think of. I never thought of this before this happened to me. And that was just one eye. And I will tell you something. Number one, it's no fun walking around with an eye patch because what if you wear an eye patch after cataract surgery or detached retina surgery or anything else, you know why you wear it. You wear it because it's too confusing visually to have one good eye and then the other eye, which is basically worthless, open at the same time. It affects everything you do. So I found that wearing a patch was a good way to get around the confusion of uh, one eye really good and then the other eye basically worthless. 
uh, because there is a, a recovery period through which you must go after you have uh, retinal reattachment surgery. It's not like it's, you know, you wake up and, oh, my, or you emerge from the twilight sedation and say, oh, my goodness, I can see perfectly now. It doesn't work that way. I, I posted a picture many moods ago of the eye after a few other procedures, and it was pretty nasty looking, you have to admit. I'm kind of proud of that picture, to be frank with you. But anyway, long story short, I mean, I, I, I could not, I, I could not be more reasonably happy with the outcome of that surgery than I am. If you had told me, uh, when, when, they, when they had told me that, Mr. Bowerly, your, your right retina is completely off of your eye. We are, they didn't say it in so many words, but I'm pretty good at reading human body language. Uh, they were not real optimistic that I was going to gain any measurable sight in the eye. Now, th- this is not a show about me. It's not a show about detached retinas or anything like that unless it plays into the topic that came up yesterday. I'm just giving you the preamble of why I am very empathetic to people who can't see. Uh, because, and, and you know what? It isn't just because of what happened to me. It's even before this happened. Like 20, 30 years ago, I hosted a telethon for the radio reading service. So for whatever reason, I've always had a fondness in my heart and an empathy for people who are blind. And I think part of that goes back to, anybody know the name Lola Reppenhagen? Well, Lola was the wife of a Kenton social studies teacher who used to come into class and basically talk about what it was like to be blind. And she was, she might still be alive, but I'm not sure. That was a long time ago. Uh, Just a wonderful, beautiful, authentic human being and totally 100% blind. So I think that Lola's talk back in 12th grade made me say yes the minute I was asked to host this telethon to raise money for the radio reading service. But, um, and and look, I I don't claim to be the greatest guy in the world because I'm not. I'm human like everybody else. I have my flaws. I have my faults. Um... But I also have my soft spots. I have a soft spot for animals, the ones that I don't eat. uh, And I have a soft spot for people who are going through issues such as blindness. And the fact that for a while I only had one eye that I could really do anything with for about maybe half a year, it, it really brought home to me the importance of sight. And how many times have you heard me say on the air, look, if I ever play a sport again, I don't care if it's floor hockey, ice hockey, boxing, whatever the hell it is, I'm going to wear the best eye protection I can possibly wear because you cannot substitute eyesight. You can't, I'm sorry, in my mind, it is like the most important sense there is. And I would go so far as to say, and I hope I'm not faced with this choice, and I hope this isn't too graphic for your sensitive little ears, I'd rather lose my manhood, if you know what I'm saying, than lose my eyesight. Eyesight is that important to me. And uh, those of you who are blind, 
and those of you who are family members of people who are totally 100% blind, do you know that after all these years, do you know what I, I, I don't understand? I don't understand how you possibly function and can enjoy life when you are blind. And one of the things that has been, I wouldn't say a trend, but it's something that has happened enough for me to stand up and take notice of it is we have a heck of a lot of listeners on WBEN who do not have sight. And you've heard them call in uh, to this program. Remember the guy who was in the car accident where his car got T-boned out in Clarence or Clarence Center, lost his vision immediately. Uh, We've talked to people who had glaucoma and eventually their optical nerve got choked off and they're, they're blind because of glaucoma, which is why seeing an ophthalmologist on a regular basis is a must. Even if your health plan doesn't pay for it, I think you ought to go at least once every six months, make sure your pressure is okay, because uh, there, there ain't no coming back from that. All right, not yet. Maybe someday in the future when they when we're all operated on by robots and they'll still charge us a lot more. Uh, but anyway, I would love to hear from those of you. And I, I've never done this show before. I, I This is totally new territory for me. But the reason I'm doing it now, having established the preamble of, you know, my little situation with almost losing one eye and then the situation thinking back to Lola Reppenhagen and her, cla- her classroom uh, lecture to us in Kenmore East High School, um, and you know it made an impact if I still remember her name. Because if I met you last night, I probably don't remember your name. Although I did see the former Chictawaga police chief out last night. And I did walk up from him uh, at him from behind. And I said, uh, sir, FBI, I'm afraid I'm going to have to take you into custody. And he turned around. He knew who it was. He just laughed his, his butt off. Um, and no, I was not impersonating anybody. It was a joke between friends. So anyway, um, if if you are blind, we had a we had a lady call in yesterday. This is what prompted this whole idea here. Um, we had a lady call in yesterday who has a seeing eye dog and extremely limited vision. She did not quantify it, but I'm guessing it's probably like 2,700, 2,800, something like that, which is far in excess of what is known as legal blindness. But how in the world do you function? when you can't see. And I'm thinking about just the little things in life. For example, okay, and I'm not trying to be gratuitously vile or anything like that, but can we just think about uh, the elimination function of the human body? Number one, if you're a guy, if you have perfect vision, Your aim is sometimes off, even with perfect vision. And for the other function, how do you know when you're done if you catch my drift? I mean, I I wonder about things like that. Like, my goodness. Uh, And there are a lot more items, but I'm just thinking about things we go through on a daily basis. Like um, microwave. How do you, like, turn on your microwave? Are there special microwaves that you use? And, and again, we have so many people listening to this show who don't have any eyesight. 
And I would love to know what happened. Is it a from birth situation? Is it a situation that happened because of a traumatic injury? Is it something that happened because for whatever reason you are prone to retinal detachments and you did not have the kind of success that I had uh, in terms of outcome with the surgery? How do you function as a blind person in a society that is geared for people with vision? When there's like uh, 6 to 10% of Americans who are, I would say, severely blind. We're talking about a hell of a lot of people. I would like to know what your life is like. Because a lady yesterday talked about walking on the sidewalk and a driver didn't see them coming. The woman had a seeing eye dog and uh, almost got run over a couple of times, I think she said. Um, when she was spotted at the last minute by the person driving the car. I, I would love to hear your stories. And I know that you don't want sympathy. I, this isn't about giving you sympathy and giving you a hug and all that kind of stuff. This is, a, and not that I wouldn't, because I would, but uh, I'm just saying, what is it like, especially in western New York, when it's this, when it's snowy and icy outside, What's it like when you're not able to see? How do you compensate for things? And if you live with a blind guy, uh, you probably tell him to sit down to pee. I'm just saying because even for people who can see, as a guy, things happen. Uh, The urologist will call it forking. And... You're gonna leave some. You're gonna leave a mess behind that people aren't gonna appreciate. And you kind of, if your bathroom smells like a cat box, that's a good sign. Eight oh, ooh, eight oh three. Maybe that's an idea. Put gravel on the ground. Eight oh three. Ah, if you're blind, you still got a sense of humor. Eight oh three oh nine thirty. Star nine thirty on the cell phone and one eight hundred six one six W B E N. Never done this topic before. And I I think it's about time I spent some time talking about it. I want to hear from you. We have so many blind listeners. I'm blown away. And I want you to tell your story on WBEN. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Yeah, some people aren't going to like this. I think it's tacky, but I got to play Stevie Wonder. Come on, why wouldn't we? were doing a show on blindness, and you know this. This is something uh, that amazes me. Um, as a uh, fully sighted person, I, I see people playing keyboards, piano, and I'm blown away because I honestly don't know how they do it. You ever seen Roman Polanski? There's an there's a name that you probably don't want to associate with a good movie. Uh, but you ever seen Roman Polanski's The Pianist? I, I I watch the dude with the piano, and I can't believe that people actually do that. And yet Stevie Wonder can't see a thing, and look what he's done with a musical career. Jose Feliciano. Okay, so he only had one big hit, Feliz Navidad. Um but still, I mean, it's hard enough to learn guitar when you can actually see, much less when you can't see. Uh, and those are just two uh, examples. So I'm just kind of curious in that like six to uh, six to ten percent of you are basically completely blind. And then if there are six to ten percent of you who are completely blind or close to it, uh, that means that there's a higher percentage of people, you know, who themselves have some severe visual issues. So it's not just the blind person, it's the families of the blind people. Uh, And I'm just curious how you get through life. I promised you I was going to do this show yesterday after the lady called in toward the end, and uh, I'm uh, fulfilling, actually fulfilling that promise right now. Uh, 803-0930, star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBEN. By the way, I have a neighbor. I asked the neighbor if he had any extra freezer space because I had some meat that had to be frozen, and he sent me a picture of a deer he had uh, harvested uh, on his property in the southern tier, and he said, yeah, my freezer is going to be pretty much taken up with this guy. And um, I texted back, Wait, I saw him sleeping on your lawn last week, to which he responded, not anymore. (laughs) Uh, He's a great guy, though, I got to tell you. All right, let's go to Lou in uh, Amherst on WBEN. Lou, what's your story? Well, my story is your story is absolutely amazing because I worked for an ophthalmologist many, many years ago. And for people to understand how miraculous this is, you have to understand that the retina is like a very fine film, yep. very small, fine film. 
on the back here, I call the, the sclera. And when that thing becomes detached, when I was with uh, these guys uh, back in San Francisco many years ago, there was only two ways to do it. There was, there was people would have would have minor tears in their in their retina, or, or minor you know a minor uh, problem, and they would use a laser. They were using a laser which could pinpoint it, and for larger for larger tears or detachments, they would use cryo. But all the time I was with them, I never. I never saw them try to do a completely detached retina. So you really do kind of count and count your blessings, how they could take that, that filament, that very fine filament, delicate filament, and reattach it to your, to the sclera part of your eye. And for you to get your entire vision back, really that, that's probably a case study that should be written up in medical journals. Um, yeah, the uh, doctor basically says I'm an extreme outlier and I could not, I, I literally could not be happier with the outcome of the surgery because, you know, I'll tell you something, I don't care how old you are, when you're told that um, you may not ever regain functional use of your dominant eye again, and then, you know, a year out, you're at 2025, it's not bad. That And, and 2025 means that, uh, well, you know what it means. I don't have to explain it to you. But when, he, but when he saw you, I mean, you always try to give the, the patient some hope. Did he say, well, I've done a few of these before, and we've had pretty good results? I that had every bit that... of confidence in him, and what I most appreciated was his honesty. And this is not an exact quote, but it basically was, I wouldn't get your hopes up too much. Like, exactly. okay, I can, I can deal with that. Exactly, because that, that's a miracle that you've got full, you, you know, count, count your blessings. That's, that's a miracle. Listen, have well, a good day. Not, and by the way, I don't know if you heard me talking about this, but well, obviously you did or you wouldn't be talking about it. But it wasn't just the retinal detachment there was also scar tissue that developed and they had to go in and they had to scrape the scar tissue off. And I can't even begin to imagine what a delicate procedure that is. And yet it worked. And I'm screaming the scar tissue was, I, I can't believe it was on the filament. It might've been on the sclera, which is, which the filament attaches to. And when we talked about this a year ago, when you got in a car accident and you were starting to have problems, and I said maybe it was the car accident on Grand Island where you had a, which could cause the trauma to a year later have your, have have this happen because that's usually how it happens. It just uh, happens. No, I, I wasn't. I, I wasn't. There, there was no trauma in in my case whatsoever. I mean, my my car accident was in 1989. Um, oh. So I think you might have me confused with somebody else. But um, yeah. So if, if you if you worked with a bunch of ophthalmologists, obviously you had to deal with people, especially back in the 70s before the advent of modern technology and the improvement in laser technology. Um, who did not have anything like the results that I experienced and who probably to this day are basically legally blind in an eye. Just being blind in one eye can mess you up. I fell down my stairs. Do you know how embarrassing that was? Yeah, I, I, I can imagine. Like, you know, I would love to see that surgical report. I would love to see what technology they are using now versus 50 years ago um, when we had some pretty good stuff going back then. But a total a total detachment, and you realizing it is, you know, just, you know, again, I, I, it's a, a, an amazing story. And I bet you, 
I bet you he's never had one. I bet you he's never he's never had one that you had that kind of results. It's, oh, it's he has. Amazing. He has. He, he's an extremely – thank you for the call. I mean, he's an extremely talented surgeon, but uh, I basically am absolutely positively an outlier. So don't – look, I mean, don't, don't pin your hopes on me. It's just a question of I got super, super lucky just like I did with the, the heart thing. I mean, that was that was life or death. The vision thing was just sight or no sight. Um, so, you know, it's just there are out, statistically there are always outliers. And twice I played Russian roulette or my body played it for me and I hit on the empty chamber. So I'm pretty, uh, pretty happy about that. Um, here is uh, Linda on WBN. Linda, we're talking about uh, what it's like to be a totally blind person and how you get by from day to day or how a family member gets by from day to day. You are on WBEN. Hello. Hi, Tom. You know what? It is an absolute pleasure to talk to you. I've listened to you for over 20 years, and I'm a first-time caller. A little nervous, but Don't be. I'll tell you. I ha- I, my only experience with blindness is a dog that we rescued. Um, he, he lived to be about like 14, 15 years old. In the last year of his life, he was blind and deaf. Mm. We realized that. But, you know, as as sad as we felt about it, he amazed me every day. He navigated through, I believe, more of like other senses picked up his his smell vibration because i could not walk out that door the dog loved being outside with me could not sneak past him and get out the door without him being right there like a minute after i closed that door he was standing at the door asking to go out it was awesome um That's something that I hadn't really considered when preparing for today's show was pets who are blind. Uh, My ex-wife had a one-eyed cat, Bugsy, we called him. Um, And unfortunately, Bugsy uh, got hit by a car. But um, We had one named Bandit that got hit by a car, too, because he had one eye. Yeah, very, very unfortunate. But um, with with a dog, I mean, as you well know, uh, a canine sense of smell is so much better than our sense of smell. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's why they don't have humans sniffing for drugs in your suitcases at the airport. (laughs) Where would that go? (laughs) Uh, We'd go nowhere because I'd take them all. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Oh, oh, we love this dog. He was a rescue from the SPCA, and, and it, it, as sad as it was, he amazed us every day. So, and, and there was, know. and let me just, just so we're all clear on this, there was nothing uh, even an ophthalmic veterinarian could have done. It wasn't like a cataract issue. It was no, just total no. blindness that had developed. Yeah, because he was already like, 14, 15 years old, what are you going to do for an animal at that point? Let him live out the rest of his life comfortably. You know, he, he would, he would bounce. Don't move furniture. (laughs) Don't move the furniture around because he knew where he was. He would hit the couch a little bit with his shoulder and navigate all the way around through the living room into the kitchen to get a drink of water when he needed it. Absolutely amazing. 
Uh, well, a, a dog's a dog's sense of smell is anywhere from, as you've said, ten thousand to one hundred times as sensitive as a oh. human sense of smell. Yeah. I mean, that's why they use dogs for detecting drugs. That's why we have cadaver dogs. I mean, these dogs can find somebody buried for years and years and years. Isn't it crazy? It is. It's amazing. I, Absolutely I, I, amazing. It, it, it is, and uh, thanks for sharing your uh, story. I know there's a lot of people out there with uh, blind pets. And, hey, look, it's not unusual. Um, you know, when I had pets around the house, um, my candy cat had pretty bad cataracts uh, the last part of her life. But, frankly, she had no issue whatsoever because, you know, cats have whiskers. That's why you never trim a cat's whiskers because they use the whiskers to uh, navigate and for a whole bunch of other reasons. Um, and, and I understand what you're saying because at that point uh, she was probably 16, 17 years old and it, I'm of the school. How much money am I going to sink into a cat which probably has – a lifespan in uh, measured in months, even though she made it to 19, which two of my cats have done because I clearly love felines. I'm the crazy cat man. You've heard of the crazy cat woman? I'm the crazy cat man. Uh, here is uh, Tom on WBEN. You are on from uh, South Buffalo. Tom, we're talking about blindness and how you navigate life being blind. What's your story, Morning Glory? Okay, I'm 66 years old now. I've worked for 40 years in production manufacturing. I knew when I was 17 that I was going to lose my eyesight. So I just, I got a job right away. I started working. I stayed at my machine um, eight hours a day. Didn't take break, didn't take lunches, nothing, because I knew if I tried to go somewhere, they were gonna they were going to figure me out. They would always say, wow, he does nice work, but why is he always walking into stuff? So long story short, um, yeah. I'm 66 years old now, and I got a lot. That's 37 by 145. I just took a pitchfork out front, and I stuck it in the ground right where the, right where the driveway meets the sidewalk. And you tie a rope to it, and then you take the rope back to the gutter of the house. Now, when you use your snowblower, and I didn't use it today because we didn't get enough snow, but when you use a snowblower, you're going to reach out, and you're going to grab that line. That's going to keep you uh, oriented, Okay. Now, you undo the rope on the gutter, and you walk all the way over to the um, – I have a split rail fence that goes in between the two lots. Uh. I tie it to that. Now, as I'm walking along the sidewalk, you're going to feel duct tape on, 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 on the line. That's going to tell you where to turn in. That's where your walkway is to your porch. That's amazing. So that's how I use a 6.0 horsepower um, snowblower in the yard. Well, Wait. Oh, go ahead. You know, Tom, the, the problem is I, I heard on the police scanner earlier about uh, a human that was found with a pitchfork through his chest. Are, are you sure you got the ground right? <laughs> no, I'm I got sorry. the ground right. <laughs> it, helps. it helps. It helps. Like I said, when I was 17, I knew I was going to have issues. So you have to be mechanically inclined to do everything I'm doing right now. Okay. I, now, what, the, who did, I, I'm kind of curious what you did is absolutely ingenious from the pitchfork to the line, to the gutter, to the duct tape, absolutely right. ingenious. How did you figure that out? I never would have figured that out. You got it. Here's the thing. No one's going to do it for you. You've got to figure it out. Like I said, you got to be mechanically inclined. If you're not mechanically inclined, you're not going to figure anything out. You know what I mean? Like I just put, 
I just had the gas man over here because I smelled gas in my basement. They took my meter and they put it outside, but they, they something was wrong and it was they could smell gas in my basement. I can't. I'm blind, but I, my nose is like ten times better than I. But I got a nose like a dog now. <laughs> so he goes, oh my god, I can't believe you smelled that. He went outside, got another meter, and he brought it in. He went, Bee! he goes, I can't believe you smelled that. You know. So that set off an alarm. He said, now this this is protocol. I got to go through your whole house and tell you what's wrong, if there's anything wrong or cap anything. Or So he goes through my whole house and he tells me my dryer vent is not up to, you know, I got this accordion-style foil. He said, no, you can't handle it. You got to go buy a regular one. I said, okay. So I, I, I did that too. Again, you got to be mechanically inclined. You got to go to the hardware store. I got one over here and I said, look, this is what I need. It's okay, and, I, and he tells me you should use tape because you, it's going to fall apart as, you, as you're putting it together. So you got to be mechanically inclined. Now, you're talking about cooking. You're the one that told me that air fryers are great. So I found me a Wi-Fi-enabled air fryer, okay? All I have to do is say, and I'll do it right now for you if you want. Um, no, it's not necessary. Okay. But uh, – as far as groceries are concerned, I got I can't say the name of the store, but they have an app, and you just go on the app, and I have a voiceover. It's called Voiceover. Blind people have it. You got to have um, an iPhone. You cannot have the other style phone, the Android, because Android is not compatible for blind people. So you got to have an iPhone, and it, it, you can just, as you swipe, it's going to say bread. Dairy, you know, you keep going until you get to the one you want. You double tap on that. You get, you, you, you go down. You swipe, 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 swipe. And then you find the one that you want. You double tap. It goes right in your cart. How'd you do it and before? You check out. How, how'd you do it before iPhone? Um, my girlfriend passed away five years ago. Okay, yeah. and then uh, about six months after she passed away, the kids were, were getting the groceries. I said, "This has got to stop. This is the ones. This is a bunch of bull." You know. I got to do this myself, though. I uh, I didn't have an iPhone at the time. This was in 2017, 2018. She passed away in 2018. So 2019, January 2019, I got an iPhone, and it, it's, it's, it's saved. I'm telling you, if you're blind, you need an iPhone. It, it, it'll save your life, you know? I'm pretty um, sure I have, that uh, given the phone I have now, I need an iPhone, but uh, that's kind of an inside story. Um, that, that, that's really an amazing story, and I, I'm really sorry to hear about your girlfriend, but to be very frank with you, that opens up another uh, Pandora's box. If you are blind, how difficult is it for you, if you want to, to meet somebody? That's, that's I was just going to tell you, look, um, I can't believe, I just read a book by Neil Simon's grandson. It's called, um, I can't think of the name of it because my, my mind's going 100 miles an hour right now. But, and he said he had the same eye disease I had. He's only 44. He, can still, he still has a little bit of center vision left. And he said he can't believe how normal blindness is. Now, it took me, I'm 66 years old. It took me all the way up to then to say, oh, it does, he's right. It does feel normal. And you're right, too. I cannot go out. I, I cannot convince any woman in the world that I'm independent. I can do my own stuff. No, you don't have to do my laundry. No, you don't have to cook with me. You don't have to do nothing. But I cannot convince anybody of that. I haven't even tried because I can tell, even when I could see when I was 17, that I would ignore blind people. That just, you know, I can't be, you can't be bothered. They can't be bothered. They, they think it's a major 
banging and no, we're not worth the time, and so I'm stuck. Oh, that sucks. You're right. I am. I am stuck. Yeah, you're right. That, it does suck. I mean, that, I can that. go out and get another blind lady, but I'm I'm telling you right now, Tom, blind lady are too disabled for me. I can't. I, I'm not. Jeez. You know. I'm telling well, okay, you. Okay, just real real quickly, I I have to ask you, doing the laundry. How do you separate right. the white from the darks when you're blind? That's 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 actually a stupid question because you you got all your whites right. You got you wash them in a separate basket, okay, and then you have your darks in another basket. What, what's so hard about that? You know. Well, what do you know? What you're wearing though. I, I mean. I mean, I, I, I reach a, into the I, under. I, I reach into the underwear drawer, and I, you know, I mean, I'm just saying, it's uh, not like I pay uh, a lot of attention. No, the, the underwear I have all white underwear. I don't have any no sexy. I'm 66 years old. I don't wear um, those black things or white green. I do have some. I used to be um, a competitive ballroom dancer. All right, so I do have some that will show any lines because I wear uh, Latin pants and you're not, oh. you're not supposed to have any lines shown or anything because it's, it's, it's Cuban action. You know, they want to see the Cuban action. They, they don't want to see your underwear. So I have stuff like that. But I haven't danced in, in 10 years because it's expensive and uh, my yeah. girlfriend died and all that other stuff. But so the, un, the clothes, yeah, if, if I have a rack of 50 shirts in my thing. I go get my color identifier, and it tells me roughly what color it is. Now, it's great if the shirt is light pink, dark pink, red, green, blue, fine. But if you have a striped shirt, you, it's going to say red, green, blue. You know, it's going it's to, you know, so that's, it's a little tricky then. I, and they have apps, like I have seen AI. Uh, now, I can hold, hold on, up. I got I to gotta put you on hold, man, because I'm out of time. I just looked at the clock and realized that I'm in gross violation of station policy again. Uh, 2.59 at News Radio 930 WBEN. Talking about blindness, uh, this is spawned by a call we had yesterday from a lady who almost got runned over. Uh, bec- that's I know I intentionally did that. Uh, who almost got runned over because uh, her seeing eye dog didn't properly uh, notify her that she was being backed up into by a vehicle. It's Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone. Whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. 
The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.